I'm putting love on the radio, spreading joy everywhere I go. There's no way to hide my hope. Oh, no, this little light of mine. Hey, I'm gonna let it shine. Telling the world to save my soul. The only way I know with love on the radio. Hello, everybody. I'm Ryan Young, and you're listening to The Ryan Young Show live right now on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM or wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. Great to have you join me for another week, and we see now it's getting a little bit cold. I mean, I walked over here this morning, and I was actually freezing. I've got a sweater and a coat on, so maybe bring out the winter clothes. Get ready. The snow is probably coming around here in Michigan in a couple of weeks. At least it's not as bad, though, as in Alaska where right now in the Alaskan mountains, they're predicting over 12 feet of snow in the next two days. If you can believe that, 12 feet of snow in the Alaskan mountains just in the next two two days. So thank goodness we are not there. So I guess you have to count your blessings wherever you are. And if you like snow, well, then get ready. You get to make a nice warm fire, have some hot cocoa. It's, It's almost that time of the year again. We've got a great show prepared for you today, a powerful testimony as well from a man named Mark. When I was 12 years old, the first time I deer hunted with my dad, he was in a a tragic hunting accident and a a gentleman mistook him for a deer. You don't want to hear, you're going to want to hear the rest of that testimony from a man named Mark about what took place when he, when he went with his son for the first time, uh, with his dad actually for the first time deer hunting. It's a very tragic but powerful story uh, of how God uses even the tragedies to bring people closer to Christ. Don't miss that. Plus a whole lot of important news, uh, some, some good news and so much more. I'm Ryan Young and this is the Ryan Young Show live right now on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7. FM. Hey, guess what day it is? Oh, come on, I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is? Woo-hoo! All right, so we made it to November. It's November 2nd, 2021. It's also a Tuesday. And in the Mexican tradition, it's Dia de los Muertos, the Day of the Dead. It's a traditional Mexican holiday celebrated every November 2nd. On this day, it's believed that the souls of the dead return to visit their living family members. Many people celebrate this day by visiting the graves of their deceased loved ones, um, setting up food and drinks and photos and all sorts of stuff at the grave sites. And it's a big celebration day. I thought we should we should talk about it because it's the most important holiday technically on November 2nd for for the majority of people in both America and in Mexico and really a a lot of other countries as well. Uh, So let's talk about death a little bit. I mean, I know that's that's kind of morbid on an early morning radio show, but I thought it would be important just to touch on the subject about when a loved one passes away, how are we supposed to cope with it? How are we supposed to understand what took place? And it, it reminds me a lot of, of what took place when I lost both of my grandparents. It, it made me very upset and angry and, and sad inside. And uh, as a Christian, it, it, as a young Christian, really, uh, still not planted those seeds all the way, I, I began to be overwhelmed. And it, I, I've, I've shared this before. It cast me into uh, questioning not 
not the goodness of God, but why he would allow um, those that I love to be taken from me. And I think today on this holiday, especially if you're of the Mexican tradition and you're celebrating Dia de los Muertos, it can be a sad day for you, but also a day of celebration to remember the wonderful life of a close loved one and to to also know that they are in heaven um, with Jesus and, and safe and secure and really free of pain, free of worry, free of dread. So I wanted to make sure we talked a little bit about that today. So in the opening show today, I just want to talk about a lot of different subjects that we've already discussed before on the show, but I want to give you a brief update from the different areas because what I notice is is certain things become the central focal point for the mainstream media to discuss for maybe a max of about three to four days, and then we don't hear anything more from it. And so I, I wanted to find those stories that you probably haven't heard an update about, including Afghanistan, just so that way you're aware of the, the fact that these conflicts and these issues are still taking place. And we, we're going to provide you a brief update. So in Afghanistan, currently there are still 200 Americans that are needing evacuated. We're seeing all sorts of chaos with the Taliban right now, and they're, they're trying to uh, silence uh, Christians all across the country, as well as um, stop women from, from being able to work in the workforce or to, to really practice their beliefs. And so we're seeing that taking place and we're seeing 200 Americans that still are, are desperate trying to get out of the country, trying to flee from the Taliban regime, from, from these jihadists really. And um, again, it, it should remind you of the failure and the catastrophe of what the Biden administra- administration did by removing the military before getting all of the American evacuees out. So I wanted to make sure that I gave you a brief update there, as well as we, we know about the Texas law that is prohibiting abortions if a fetal heartbeat is, te- is detected. Well, now I want to I tell you the results of having this law in place in Texas. We have now seen a 50% decline in abortions in the state since this law was enacted. And we'll see if the Supreme Court is going to hear the law. I know there's a lot of challenges being made right now about the legitimacy of how it challenges Roe v. Wade and all that. And we're keeping a close look as well on that to see what the Supreme Court will have to say. But I thought you'd like to know the the direct effect of this new Texas law has led to a 50% decline in abortions in the state since it's been enacted. Yesterday, we saw that the the FDNY, the fire department in New York, as well as the police department, well, the New York was faced with severe vaccine mandates where employees and employers were forced to get the vaccine or be put on leave. And yesterday, we saw over 26 fire stations citywide um, had to close down due to staff shortages caused by these co- the COVID-19 vaccine mandate. And this is huge because we're seeing now 26 fire stations unable to protect New York against raging fires as well as police departments that have had to close their doors. And this is frightening because we're seeing directly the consequence of forcing people to do something that they are not comfortable doing and, and really a battle right now taking place between what the federal government can can dictate and control with, with your own body and what you should be able to freely exercise your right to um, decide whether or not the vaccine is, is good for you or not. And we've talked about COVID-19. We've talked about vaccines a lot on the show. I don't 
think I have to recap all of it, but I think what what's very basic and what we all seem to understand is that COVID-19 affects people differently. If you're of the younger age, you've got a survival rate over 99%. And um, if you're older, it's still very slim chance that you would pass away from it. But again, everyone has their own health conditions and their own reasons for getting the vaccine or not getting the vaccine. And on this show, we like to promote freedom of choice, the ability for an individual to assess their own health needs and choose whether or not the vaccine is the right choice for them. I thought you'd want to hear that update from New York. And really, we're seeing people fighting this vaccine mandate all across the United States. United Airlines, they have uh, a a, pa- a pilot that that has now signed, I think, with over two thousand other pilots to sue. Uh, we're seeing states suing the Biden administration, including Florida, over these vaccine mandates. And uh, President Biden also has announced that he is expected to publish a mandate requiring p- private businesses to make sure each of their employees have received the COVID vaccination of 100 or more employees. And that's expected later this week. So we'll keep a close eye on that and give you that update when we can, as well as Press Secretary Jen Psaki. You you definitely have seen her before if you've watched any of the press briefings at the White House. Um, She actually has tested positive for COVID-19 despite being fully vaccinated. So once again, this this brings a major question to, to the forefront, and that is whether or not these vaccines are actually preventing individuals from contracting the virus or or even how severe uh, when they contract the virus is the virus going to be in terms of affecting them even if they've been vaccinated. And once again, this, this goes to the argument that an individual should have the ability to make the choice, especially if the vaccine is failing to prevent people from still contracting the virus and having symptoms. What we see going on today, I don't know if you've been following the news with the Virginia governor's race, but we see former Democratic Governor Terry, I I forget how to pronounce his last name, McCulliffe, I believe. He's facing off against Republican uh, gubernatorial candidate Glenn Youngkin. And this is now become a extremely close contest. If you've been following it, Uh, originally, uh, Governor Terry McAuliffe was was leading but recently, now we see Glenn Youngkin taking the lead, and today is that race. We'll, we'll see what happens there. The results are not going to probably be as clear tonight, but um, we have to, to focus on the fact that the biggest names in polling are analyzing the race and found that the momentum right now has shifted to Youngkin, the Republican, and this would be a, a huge step in the right direction, not only for Virginia, but for our country. And it also is kind of showing w- what the pulse of the country is right now. We're seeing the Biden administration and President Biden's approval rating continue to drop. And um, uh, lots of questions are being called whether or not President Biden is even capable of handling the job for the remainder of his term and all sorts of issues there. And even the vice president, Kamala Harris, her approval rating is one of the lowest, I think, of any vice presidents in a really long time, if not in the history of our nation. So we'll we'll be following that closely. If you'd like to follow that, um, definitely keep your eye close to the television later tonight to see how that race unfolds in Virginia and to see how everything happens there and, and what's going to take place with our country in the coming years because I think it'll give us a good idea of how the 2022 midterms are going to go and potentially even the 2024 election.
So over the weekend, it was Halloween. Hopefully you had a chance to maybe go trick-or-treating with some friends or, or if you have uh, kids, then you got to go maybe and uh, get, get some cal- hallo- Halloween candy and dress up in some costumes. And Halloween is an interesting holiday. A lot of people like it. And I, I've always been raised um, to really like dressing up. That's fun and, and getting candy. But the evil side of Halloween, I've kind of always strayed away from. And that's because of my parents and our, our focus on, on Christian holidays and faith and all of that. But I, I think there's a strong difference between being able to celebrate Halloween and loving the evil side of Halloween. And I know I, I respect those parents that choose to not allow their kids to celebrate Halloween. And I also respect those that understand that it might be a fun day to dress up and have fun. Well, over the weekend, I was able actually to dress up and we did a trunk or treat thing here at Hillsdale where we handed out candy to the local community. Uh, Local kids and and family members were able to uh, visit the school and gather candy and meet college students from the back of the cars. And I dressed up as Winnie the Pooh. And what's funny about this and why why I'm kind of laughing is because when I I, I used to, I think my very first Halloween costume as a kid, I dressed up as Winnie the Pooh. And I find it funny because now, as a junior in college, I was able to wear a Winnie the Pooh onesie. I had a lot of fun, got to meet a lot of different kids from the community, and hopefully you had a fantastic Halloween as well. I also got to see a movie over the weekend, and the title, it's a kid's movie. It's Ron's Gone Wrong, and it's a story about a young boy who wants desperately to have this this interactive robot, and everybody gets this interactive robot already at his school, in his, in his middle school. They all have the robot, and what the robot does is it follows them around, and it, it shares posts. It's basically an iPhone, except it's in the form of a robot that can talk and whatever. And the movie was very fascinating because it called into question something that I think a lot of conservatives and Republicans and and those on the social media platforms right now are noticing. And that's that these social media platforms are censoring speech and really controlling and and data mining on students. And why I thought this, this movie was powerful is because it didn't try to paint these robots as, um, really a cure for what, what's taking place. Rather, it was calling into question the very things that we're aware of, of how really Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook and all of these different companies are able to gather as much information about us and, and target children based on advertising and all sorts of other forms. And really, it, it depicted the type of cyberbullying that can go on through these cell phones, the type of control that cell phones have over kids, how they're completely consumed with being liked and sharing posts and content and in reality painting an image of themselves that is not, in fact, how they're feeling inside. And the movie did that very well, showed uh, showed the kids um, in school having, quote, a great time filming themselves with these robots and getting all the likes and the shares, and then showed them later that night crying in their rooms because uh, someone was making fun of them online. And I thought it was a powerful story. It was entertaining as well. The robot was obviously cute and enjoyable, and I think it would be a good movie for your kids to watch because it shows a lot of stuff that's going on right now. And it even had, in my opinion, and this might be a stretch, but from what I saw, it had some biblical allusions in it about um, sacrifice and hard work and what it truly means to be a friend and to love one another. And I thought that was beautiful in and of itself. So if you have a chance today or, or sometime this week, go check out Ron's Gone Wrong. It's a 
cool movie, I think, and maybe you'll enjoy it. Let me know. Reach out to me. My email is ryoung at hillsdale.edu, ryoung at hillsdale.edu. This is The Ryan Young Show, and I'm live right now on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. to myself somebody give me your microphone or a megaphone or a telephone you're gonna clap your hands gonna wanna dance good news got that old night through got that joy coming through got me feeling all right all right i've got a really interesting maybe it's not that much of good news but it's a funny story and i i think it might give you a smile on your face today uh, it, it's kind of goofy. This is something that me and my sister Danielle used to do all the time as a little kid. Whenever you got those birthday balloons, I don't know, wh- whenever it was my birthday in my family, we would always get each other birthday balloons. And it was a tradition. You would usually be one big balloon and a couple little bouquet balloons. Well, afterwards, when they started to deflate, we'd cut them off and we would play a game where we had to try to keep the balloon off the ground, and maybe you've played this game before where, where where you have your sister and you and you're playing with the balloon and you're trying to keep it off the ground and whoever makes it touch the ground first loses the game and so you're trying actually to try to keep them from from winning the game and, you, and you're trying to win. Well, over quarantine, over co- the COVID-19 whole deal there that we dealt with over the last couple of years, there was a viral TikTok about a brother and a sister, actually, who were playing this game, and they, they were trying to keep the balloon up, and they filmed it, and they asked, has anyone else ever played this game? Well, the TikTok went viral. Over 32 countries, a bunch of people, millions of people responded, and what ended up happening was just recently, there was an, an inaugural Balloon World Cup, yes, an inaugural Balloon World Cup where over 32 countries took place in in playing on this. And and they took it very, very seriously. They made a set and everything with couches and stuff to try to... to imitate a living room or or a living space and they literally competed 32 different countries against one another one-on-one and on on trying this balloon game out trying to keep the balloon from touching the floor and in fact if you can believe this it got over 8 million live streams that's actually 4 million more than watch the pay-per-view mega boxing event of Floyd Mayweather versus Manny Paquito and I thought that was really shocking and um I know you're desperate to understand and to want to know who won this inaugural Balloon World Cup. And the winner was Peru, who beat Germany 6-2 to two in this game with over 32 nations taking part. And I thought this was hilarious because as a little 8-year-old, a little 9-year-old, I thought I had created this game. I thought I was the one that, that came up with it and thought of the idea to play with my sister where we would we were bored at home. We didn't have a lot of activities to do, so, so we played with the balloon, tried to keep it off the ground. And it was a lot of fun, actually. I remember playing this game for years and years and years. Maybe you recognize it too. Uh, if you have some spare time and want, want to look at a professional level Balloon World Cup game, search the inaugural Balloon World Cup and I bet you'll find it. It might be a little bit entertaining for you, a little bit funny. I'm Ryan Young and this is the Ryan Young Show live right now on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. What I want to do today is give you a verse of the day for you to think about wherever you're going today. If you're off to work or off to school or if you're at home, a daycare, whatever you're doing, if you're going to classes here at Hillsdale College or wherever, I wanted to share a Bible verse that I think would be powerful for you 
to think about no matter where you're going, no matter what you're doing today. And that's Matthew 6, 33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. And I thought that was a beautiful verse because if we seek the kingdom of God above all else, that will turn out to to become a living a life that's righteous and God will provide the very needs that we were desperate for. And this might be simplified, this might sound cliche, but it's very true. When we go through the hardships of life, when we go through difficulties and trials, if we're stressed out about a test or an exam or an essay that we have to write, if we're not getting along with a student in our elementary class, in our school, or if we're dealing with a problem with our boss at work, no matter what it is, if we seek the kingdom of God, he's going to provide every need that we have. He is faithful. He promises that right here in Matthew 6, 33, that if we seek the kingdom of God, we will begin to live righteously and he will give us everything that we need. And this comes back to the question of when we pray, when when we're asking for something, and, and sometimes it feels as though God doesn't hear us, God doesn't answer our prayer, it doesn't go the way that we thought. Ask yourself, did you need that? And if you believe that you did, ask yourself this question. Do you believe that God loves you and he has your best at heart? And if that answer to that question is yes, then you are able to rest in knowing that God is all-knowing. He's perfect, he's loving, he's caring, and, and he wants to give you everything that you need. And sometimes the, what we ask for, what we desire is not what God wants for us and is not what's actually best for us. And so we have to recognize that God knows more about us than even we do, if you can believe that. The Bible says that he knows how many hairs are on our head. Now, do you know how many hairs are on your head? I, I highly doubt it, unless you just are bored one, one month and, and counted them all. <laughs> but God promises that he knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows all your worries, all your fears, your deepest, deepest secrets, the, the moments of despair, when you're alone and filled with sorrow and sadness. And so I pray today that you will seek his kingdom, seek his love, live righteously, and he will pour out his blessings onto you every moment of today and every moment of the rest of the week and the rest of your life. I'm Ryan Young, and this is The Ryan Young Show, live right now on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. We're coming back with a powerful testimony, a lot of stuff to talk about, including an important question of the day. Feel free to reach out to me. My email is ryoung at hillsdale.edu. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. everybody. Welcome back to the Ryan Young Show. I'm Ryan Young, live right now on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM or wherever you're listening to podcasts. Today, we do have a powerful testimony from a man named Mark about a horrible, tragic hunting accident that took place and how God was able to use it to even bless those around. Take a listen to Mark's testimony. And when I was 12 years old, the first time I deer hunted with my dad, he was in a, a tragic hunting accident, and a gentleman mistook him for a deer. A young gentleman, 21 years old, had just got out of the Army. He was um, hunting with his family, and 
It was the last day of deer season, December 14, 1974. There was about three feet of snow on the ground, and my dad was breaking trail. He was six foot four. He was a, a big guy, and, and my brother, Dan, was 14. I was 12, and my grandpa were following behind him. And we got down in the woods before daylight, and, and Dad dropped off Dan and put him on a stand, and my grandpap, and then he dropped me off. And, and since it was my first time of hunting, he said, Mark, I'm just walking down over the bank. I won't be far from you, and if you need anything, just yell. And he, I saw his flashlight go out of sight, and I didn't know that that would be the last time I'd ever see my daddy alive. And he went down and got nestled underneath a hemlock tree and got all situated, and it got daylight. And this gentleman's family came in and was doing a deer drive, and, and they were yelling and screaming. And, of course, my dad was looking down over the bank waiting for deer to come up over the bank where he was hunting. And this gentleman walked up behind my dad. And my dad, we had for us an orange vest on, which was not even a state law then, but we had them on. And my dad was underneath a hemlock tree, and there was only like a pie plate opening. And the guy looked over, looked under the hemlock tree, and he saw black, and he thought it was a buck's nose, and it was my dad's long black sideburn. And he thought, well, that must be a buck. And he waited and watched, and then the snow would start melting off the tree, and it looked like antlers. And in this guy's mind, he convinced himself that it was a big buck hiding underneath this hemlock tree. And as his family, dad and parents came closer and were yelling, trying to drive the deer, he, th he thought this deer was going to bolt out from underneath this tree. So he took a careful aim, and he shot, and he hit my dad right above the sideburns. And he went running over and looked underneath the hemlock tree, fully expecting a buck, and there laid my dad. As a result of that, my, my brother and I got very angry. Uh, we questioned God why he would allow something to happen like that because my dad was a very godly man. He was a, a Sunday school teacher, a deacon, a, a godly husband. And for many years, we, we didn't understand it. Uh, my brother's biggest complaint was our next door neighbor was an alcoholic and he would beat his wife and children. His daughter would come over and hide at our house to uh, keep from being beat up by her father and then our other next door neighbor was the guy who owned the bar and who sold the, the alcohol and my brother would point up to this guy and say God you should have taken one of those two guys not my dad and for many years we were both bitter and angry at God and probably eight ten years after that my brother went back to Pennsylvania we moved to Virginia um, after I graduated from high school in 1980 for both of us to go to Liberty University and uh, one weekend my brother went back and went to see my grandma and there was a gentleman on the, on the porch, and he asked my brother to come over and talk with him. And when my brother walked up, he realized it was the gentleman who owned the bar. And in his mind, he thought, you should be dead, not my dad. It should have been you. And the gentleman's name was Paul, and he invited Dan to come up and said, Dan, I need to talk with you. And he went on to tell the story about how every weekend our gardens butted up against each other. My dad and he would be out there planting in the garden and my dad would share Christ with him. My dad's best friend was Jesus, and he would share Jesus Christ openly with guys on the track team that he was a coach of. Um, as he would teach evolution in his science class, he would teach what he believed about Jesus Christ being the only way to God, and he would openly share his faith. And Paul's excuse always was, I got plenty of time. My, my dad's nickname was Walt, and he would say, Walt, I got plenty of time. And when he came home that day, his wife informed him, said, you know who died today? He said, Walt Witt, our next-door neighbor. And Paul realized that we don't have a guarantee of tomorrow. And a few weeks later, Paul knelt by his bed and he trusted Jesus Christ to be his Lord and Savior. And he, he sold his bar and he wanted to do whatever he could to uh, share Christ with people. So he would go into nursing homes, three or four nursing homes every weekend and talk to these older people who he said were as much closer to dying than 
He would share Christ the best way he knew how. He would smuggle Bibles into China because he figured people in China didn't even know about God. And he did that, and, and eventually he became a pastor of a church and in a small community near where we grew up in Myersdale, and predominantly because of my dad's witness and testimony. And at that point, we started realizing, you know, God didn't make mistakes. He, he was perfect. He, he never left us. Uh, through circumstances, uh, we ended up going back to the tree where my dad was killed, and, and Eddie Nickens, who is the writer of the uh, Field and Stream article called Following Our Father, interviewed us. Uh, it has now become the number one article ever put in Field and Stream. A few million people have read our story. Thousands of people have come to know Christ through my dad's godly life, godly example, through our story, our testimony. When Field and Stream called to interview us and they wanted to interview this gentleman, I said, well, before you do, I want to talk with him. My mom met with this gentleman the next day and forgave him. Uh, I talked with him and, and I forgave him and told him that we have moved on and I'd love for him to find Christ and love for him to meet my dad one day. And he said, I, I just can't forgive myself. He, he hasn't told his own daughters that he, he shot and killed my dad. And it's been 41 years and, and we're praying that you know one day his heart will soften up and that he will find Christ and find forgiveness and healing. A beautiful, beautiful testimony, really a, a tragic story turned into um, uh, the amazing power of God to, to act in, in, in these horribly tragic events. And uh, thank you, Mark, for sharing your testimony with us. And I, I thought it was powerful to hear how the next door neighbor, uh, Walt, was the man who passed away, who was shot by the deer hunter. And Walt was able to share his testimony long before he was shot and killed um, with the next door neighbor, as, as you heard, who was the bar owner, and how that bar owner came to Christ because of the death of Walt and was able to see really the fragility of life and, and, and that we don't really know how long we're going to be here and that we need to spend our time uh, focused on God and living a life surrendered to him. And to hear that the bartender sold his bar completely and became a pastor and went to nursing homes and even to China smuggling Bibles in is powerful to hear how God was able to use that for such good. And the life of Walt was able to bring so many people to Christ to hear the message of Jesus and even how Mark, the son of Walt, is able to forgive and try to encourage the man who accidentally killed his father to come to Christ. And so we can definitely pray for the man um, who, who un accidentally uh, took the life of Walt, uh, that, that he might come to know Jesus and might... Uh, seek forgiveness himself for the deeds that he's done from Christ. And the part about how the bar owner was became the pastor and smuggled Bibles into China, it actually reminded me of a story that, that I read yesterday, actually, that in China right now, uh, the Apple App Store has removed the Bible app from China because of Chinese officials reaching out to Apple saying that it, that it's doing harm. And so Apple actually caved to China and has removed the Bible app from their app store in China. So even more of a reason right now for us to share the gospel in China, to continue to smuggle Bibles in as this uh, former bar owner did, and really encouraging us uh, no matter who we are, or where we are right now, we are under attack in terms of people trying to silence the gospel and to try to 
to minimize what Jesus has done. And so we have a duty and a calling right now to share the message of Jesus, to share his love and to share our testimonies with as many people as possible uh, during our time on this earth. And just like Mark was able to share his testimony today on the show, I like to welcome anyone that is feeling called to share their testimony. All you have to do is use the Voice Memos app on your phone, pull it out and record your testimony, and then email it to me. My email is ryoung, R-Y-O-U-N-G, at hillsdale.edu, one word, H-I-L-L-S-D-A-L-E dot E-D-U. Email it to me and we'll play it on the show. Um, it, can, it can be any story of a miracle that took place in your life, how you came to know Christ, or even a tragedy. Um, no matter what it is, I would love to hear from you. We all would, would love to hear from you. I know how much it blesses me, and hopefully it's blessing all of you listening too. I'm Ryan Young, and this is The Ryan Young Show, live right now on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. In all of our questions, all of our searching, when we are wrestling, you don't let go. The questions come, but you Question of the day today was actually one that was written up and sent to me. It's an important question that we can try to tackle today in the remaining minutes of the show. Let me read it. If this life is short and the next one long, then why should we try to do anything other than praise the Lord while we're here? Why should we go to school or pursue a college education? Why do anything other than just study the Bible and wait? Would you have us all be like the holy men of India or monks of the old world who do nothing but study scripture? If so, you might as well turn off the computer and TV. We should park our cars and throw away our cell phones. A modern society would soon crumble into dust. The entire world would revert back to medieval times. Doctors would no longer have colleges to go to. All scientific research would stop and all other training would end. Is that what you're saying? And this was sent to me. And first of all, thank you for reaching out. Um, and, and thank you for giving us a powerful question that we can try to tackle. And I think this is a question that many people have wrestled with. The idea that if our ultimate calling is to worship Jesus, to live a life surrendered to him, why should we do anything other than praise the Lord? It's a very powerful question. It's a potent question. And let's try to, let's try to tackle it. First, let's start by examining what, what Scripture says about what are we supposed to do on this earth. Uh, Philippians 4.13 already makes it clear that we can do all things through him who strengthens us, through God who gives us the strength to do all things. And then let, let's continue. Colossians 3.23-24 says, Whatever we do, we should work heartedly as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. So no matter what we do, we are to use the gifts that God has given to us. So we're, we're to put our talents to use and, and prove to God that we love him and that we worship him. And so I'd say that's where we should begin. And this question of, of why should we do anything but praise the Lord? Well, 
You're right. We should only be praising the Lord, but how we praise the Lord is by using the gifts and the talents that he has given to us to the best of our ability and to the best of his ability through us so that we may show that we love him and we're grateful for those gifts that he's given to us. Because remember, if our ultimate calling is to praise God, how do we praise God? It's by sharing our testimony. It's by living fruit, a fruitful life and sowing seeds into others. And, and that's where we should begin. Because remember, if, if we're just focusing on, on praising God by ourselves and, and, and living an isolated life alone, how effectual will our life actually be in transforming the lives of those around us? Remember, Scripture's clear here, and I think this is one of the more potent ones, one of the more powerful ones, is that we're not to hide our light under a basket. Rather, we're supposed to put that light on a lampstand for it to be beaming and glowing for all of those around us to see. And I think that that verse particularly is discussing and addressing this kind of a question that, no, we're not supposed to hide away and focus on Christ, though that might be the easiest way of thinking. The easiest thing to do is just, I'm going to focus on God. I don't want to risk me myself messing up. I've, I've been that way many times in my own life. I've thought that way of, why don't I just go isolate myself, join a monastery, do whatever I need to do to ensure that I make it to heaven and live a sanctified and holy life. But in reality, what that ends up doing is it robs uh, the power that God has and the purpose that God has for placing you on this earth. He's placed you on this earth to share the message of Christ, to live a life of his love to those around you. So that means speaking up, being an encourager, being bold, living out the fruit of Christ. So those can see and point to you and say, wow, he is a different person. He lives a holy, devout life for God. And I want to have what he has. I want to be free of depression. I want to be free of anxiety and stress and worry and fear. I don't want to be constricted by the thoughts that continue to darken my soul at night. I want to be able to get a full night's rest. I want to be free of this imperilment or this impairment. I want what he has. I want that holy biblical love of Jesus. And that is what God is calling us to do. That is what he wants for us to be an effectual person for him. So when we're looking at this question, why should we go to school or pursue a college education? Why should we quote, do anything other than just study the Bible and wait? Well, because we're not called to just be sitting around and waiting. We're called to be effectual. And so that means when you're at school, when you're at work, when you're pursuing a college education, no matter what you're doing, if you're at your job, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you're not called to just look down and focus on yourself. You're called to be that light. And that's how I would start to answer this question. Let's do some more uh, examining of scripture. Philippians 2, 14 through 15 says, do all things without grumbling or questioning that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. So not only are we supposed to be a light in this world, not only are we supposed to be effectual and, and, and share the, the, the gospel in the midst of, quote, a crooked and twisted generation, but we're also supposed to do this without grumbling or even questioning our calling on this earth. And I know that's difficult because every day uh, someone questions, and, and I don't blame anyone because just like Thomas, 
in scripture doubted whether or not even Jesus, he saw Jesus get crucified. He saw the miracles of Jesus. And he, Jesus even told him firsthand, hey, I'm going to rise again uh, and I will see you again. And, and when Thomas saw Jesus, he didn't know if it was Jesus and he had to feel the wounds in Jesus's hand. And that's doubting. Uh, obviously, that's why he's referred to as Doughty Thomas. And um, we, we have those questions. I don't blame anyone for that. It, it's, it's good to have questions, but it's what we do with those questions. Do we allow them to, to take us away from Christ or do you allow them to bring us closer to Jesus and to his message? And hopefully you'll do the latter today as we address this question of, of our calling on this earth. Galatians 6, 9, quote, and let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. And the topic of reaping and sowing, sowing and reaping, this is something we've talked about on the show and it's definitely pertinent for what we're discussing today. We are to reap sows. We are to reap, sow seeds into others so that they might reap the harvest and we even might reap the harvest. So sowing seeds means simply put, sharing the gospel. And that doesn't mean that you have to go up to someone that you don't know and say, do you know your Lord Jesus Christ? Are you saved? No, you can do that. But but what also is powerful is simply showing love, being love, living out a life of love because words only go so far. And I've seen this before when I was struggling in my faith. When when someone says all the right things, but then you know them and you see them and, and they don't live the life of what they're talking about. It, it almost comes across as hypocritical and you begin to actually uh, look at Christians as though they, they're phonies. And that is not what you want to do today. So live out by your actions and by your deeds and by your words, yes, the life of Christ so that you might sow good seeds and reap a plentiful harvest and transform the lives of those around you. Let's look at Psalm 128.2. You shall eat the fruit of the labor, labor of your hands. You shall be blessed and it shall be well with you. So what type of fruit will we produce if we isolate ourselves and focus only on, quote, praising the Lord and, and, and refuse to go to school or pursue a college education or go to work? What type of fruit do we sow? Well, I assume you could still sow, you could still reap a lot of harvest. I believe that to be true. The monks definitely do um, because they're dedicated in prayer and they go about and they do share the gospel and they travel. And so I think this question is important to look at because we're not supposed to abandon our mission on this earth. We're not supposed to throw away the talents that God has given to us, but rather we are to look to Christ. We are to be ambassadors for Christ. And we are supposed to do all things onto him, not for man, but for him to use those talents, to use those gifts, to do well. And so there's no problem in in pursuing a college education or working because you're using those skills that God has given to you. The only way it becomes a problem is when you become too busy, quote unquote, to spend time with God. And that's something that I think our society deals with a lot, where we, we find ourselves saying that we're too busy to spend moments with God, minutes with God, hours with God, because we were caught up on a business call, we're caught up doing homework for school. And so when we pursue uh, education in college and, and even in work, we, we have to find that healthy balance where, where not only are we being effectual in, in the task that God has given to us and using our talents for good, but also 
to not undercut the highest calling. And that was something that this question is reminding me of and hopefully will remind you all of is that, yes, they are right. Our ultimate calling is to praise God and to share the message of Jesus. So are you spending enough time with God today and every day? Or are you allowing, or are you allowing the worries of this world and, and, and the, the, the work that you have on your plate, the studies that you have to do, the essays that you have to write, the tests that you have to prepare for, are you allowing that to take you away from worshiping God and developing a relationship with him? And that's a question that you're going to have to address for yourself. It's one that I struggle with a lot where I, I find myself overwhelmed by the work that I have to do. And sometimes I cut into the time that I have with God. And one thing that I'm working on is prioritizing God above all things, spending time with him. Even if I've got a test the next day, you know what? What will be more powerful, what will be more impactful and even probably help you do well on your test is if you still spend time with God, praise him and thank him for the day, no matter what you're going through or the tragedies and the trials that you face. Praise God through it all because he's with you. He loves you. He cares about you. And he wants to develop an intimate relationship with you every single day. I'm Ryan Young, and this has been the Ryan Young Show live right now on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. Hopefully that, that starts to answer that important question that we got sent to us. And hopefully you'll have a great and blessed rest of your day. I'll see you Thursday. Have a great day. I'm Ryan Young, and this has been the Ryan Young Show, live right now on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM.